Welcome back, bookworms, to the podcast that celebrates everything your bookish soul desires. I'm Frances Everly, romance and fantasy author, and this is The Bookworm Unleashed. Today, I have a very special guest with me, mystery writer James Mitchells. Welcome, James. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Oh, good. So tell me a bit about yourself. Um, Let's see. Where shall I start? I was born on a cold and stormy night in 1983. I don't think we need to go that far back. <laughs> but um, what? Tell me about things like that inspired you to write. Um, so, kind of an interesting story to that. Uh, unlike a lot of other writers, I wasn't really born um, with the need to write, so to speak. Uh, I'm actually sort of a late bloomer. I started when I was 25. Um, so what happened was. I was, uh, I've always been an avid reader of uh, crime fiction and true crime, which I believe was, so uh, it led me to want to go into criminal justice for a career. Okay. And then I ended up working, I ended up getting a job at the uh, Department of Corrections, which, you know, just oh, so, interesting. Just so, and just so we're clear, I'm not a, a spokesman or anything like that, whatever, <laughs> whatever I say. Is only my opinion. Uh, it does not reflect that of the department. So I always have to throw that out there. I'm not a spokesman. Um, okay. So anyway, I got a job there um, as an officer. And, you know, for a while, things were going pretty well. Um, but I realized I was going to eventually plateau with my job. Around the time I started building a family and my goal became uh, go to a a shift that was a little bit more accommodating to my life, to my family life that I felt was more accommodating. And I, I said to myself, okay, so what are you going to do for the next 25 years of your life? You know, you'll probably do this and it's fine, but like, you got to kind of challenge yourself, man. Like what's something you want to do? And I was thinking, I was like, okay, what could I do to really kind of build myself up as a person? I could learn a language. I could take up new hobbies. I could write a book. Why don't I write a book? And, uh, you know, I've always been interested in reading. And I, around that time, I was on a big reading kick. So I said, sure, I want to kind of, you know, step in, you know, have my own statue in, like, the Hall of Great Authors and whatnot. You know, uh, Dostoevsky, Charles Dickens, me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I just started writing. I started writing chapter one of what would become my uh, first book, Ice Rising. And as I was writing that book, around the middle of it, I realized I had other ideas that I wanted to explore. And mm -hmm. from there, I basically, I didn't know this, but when I started writing, I opened up Pandora's box. Yeah, that's when the characters start talking to you in your head and they don't shut up until you've written their story. No, they don't. You know, No, I understand that completely. I feel like they're always kind of standing around, uh, standing around me. There's this picture of um, from Batman. There's this picture in one of the comic books of Arkham, uh, uh, Amadeus Arkham, the founder of Arkham Asylum, where he's kind of sitting there, and like all the uh, villains are all just kind of around him and talking to him. And that's kind of like me, in a yeah. way. I'm kind, of, I'm, I'm kind of like you know, uh, insane like that. Well, you're not a true author unless you have those uh, voices in your head. But I got to be clear, it doesn't mean you're crazy. <laughs> thanks, thanks. It's a completely different kind of voice. Look, that's good to know. That's good to know. These ones we know aren't real. 
I'll tell I'll tell uh, I'll tell my therapist that hey I'm not that bad. <laughs> no, not that bad at all. Y- you know your your voices are constructive. They tell me to do good things. <laughs> there you go, a- and you only write the bad stuff. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so you're not actually killing people in these mafia books, right? Because they're right. books; they're not exactly. real characters. Exactly. <laughs> But do do you ever get people who's who think that because of the stuff that you write, you must be like a little bit darker in your personality? Definitely, yes. I've always been uh, kind of attracted to that. You know, like my favorite, a lot of my favorite movies are, um, you know, mafia, crime, noir, uh, dark comedy, things like that. Uh, you know, Godfather, Scarface. Um, one of my favorite Christmas movies to this day is Bad Santa. So just always like, you know, the the darker aspects of it. Yeah, it, it definitely influenced my writing. But also, you know, it's also in those darker books that really, um, you know, it, it really has you gripping at the edge of your seat in suspense. Mm-hmm. And so I've always been a fan of that. So, yeah, it's definitely been incorporated into my writing. And do you find that like your journey as a corrections officer has influenced your writing at all, or is it completely separate? That's a very good question. I would say that like my writing, my job as a corrections officer has is a symptom of uh, my fascination with the criminal underworld, uh, fiction and nonfiction. Um, of course, I've never been a criminal myself, of course. Um, however... <laughs> It did. It did inspire me to kind of have a message in my second book. I'm sorry, my third book, the second book of my Ice series. So I wrote Ice Ice Rising, then I wrote the Ballad of Johnny Carlo, then I wrote Ice Box, which is a sequel to Ice Rising, and that's a that's actually a prison thriller, and it talks okay. about what one of my main messages in the book. Even though I really don't write my books with the intent to send a message, I really write to entertain. Um, mm-hmm. one of my biggest frustrations was watching like prison shows when I, a- anything that, that depicts corrections officers, they're always seen as like incompetent or corrupt or abusive or whatever. And really that's not the truth. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always stories and whatnot. There's always, you know, somebody getting in trouble, but for the most part, you know, corrections officers are regular people that are just doing a job. And in my book, Icebox, they have a presence in the book, but they're a relatively neutral presence until a big event goes down. Like, Ice gets into a fight. Then the officers swarm in and they, you know, subdue, every, you know, subdue everybody and control the situation. Or when he's walking the, the prison yard and the officers come and say, hey, we have to uh, cuff you up and take you to the hole under suspicion of something you know um the first officer that he comes across is the he's the officer that has the regular spot in his housing unit meaning he works there five days a week like that's his spot and the officer says to him listen i'm gonna be honest with you i'm really not here to you know hammer you do your time i'm gonna do mine if i have to do my job i will understand that but Unless it comes to that, just, you know, do you pretty much. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's the attitude of, of a lot of officers out there. You know, they're not these, like, thugs or these, like, dirty people. They're, they're, they're regular, everyday people just doing a job. 
So nobody is running these underground fight clubs like you see in Sons of Anarchy. No. no. <laughs> That's what you're saying. That's completely fictional. No. No. <laughs> that, yeah, that that's pure fantasy. <laughs> so, like, what kind of um, influences do you have as an author? Uh, I would say um, I, I've always enjoyed Mario Puzo. I've read most of his work. I really enjoyed his more romantic uh, depiction of the mafia in The Godfather. You know, it has these men as, you know, these 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 men of honor who follow a code and they respect family and they stay out of the dirty stuff. Um, you know, they're they're almost they're almost uh, uh, buddy buddy with law enforcement and whatnot. So even though that's mythological, I do like that. I like Vito Corleone. Uh, Michael Corleone to this day is still my favorite uh, literary character of all time. Or cinematic, I'm sorry. He's my favorite <laughs> cinematic character of all time. Um, I'm also like James James Patterson, of course. Um, he's one, he is one of, if not the king of thriller. And He's very popular. My grandmother uh, had like a whole room full of his books. He is insane in a again in a good way um i watched a video with him where he was being interviewed and he showed the interviewer his office mm-hmm. and he had like 30 40 thick manuscripts and then a system of files for all his brainstorming ideas and he just i mean he's a machine and that, that really inspires me because i kind of have that sort of mindset like you know just keep going keep going keep going my mind's kind of like a conveyor belt that way Okay. So are you like more of a plotter like he is, or are you a pantser and you fly by the seat of your pants? No, and that 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 actually brings up that actually leads to my third inspiration, Stephen King. Um <laughs> which actually was later. Uh I've I've read a couple of Stephen King's books, and then I watched an interview where he said that he when it comes to his writing, he doesn't write the news, he just reports it. Mm-hmm. So that tells me he's definitely a pantser like me. Absolutely. That that just made me feel so warm inside because it's like, okay, that guy's huge. So I mean, (laughs) if he's a pantser and I'm a pantser, there's a chance here. Yeah, I'm a pantser too with my writing, but I find since I've started getting to more fantasy writing, I get completely lost, and then I'm going through my editing, and I'm going, "Why did I do that? What's happening here?" And then I I'm completely lose myself because I've got like a million things going on, and then I wish. I wish I was organized like a plotter. That's definitely um, a common uh, trait of pantsers. Is sometimes we can get lost in our own writing because we just keep writing. It's like, oh, wait, hold on. Um, but I've seen the other side to it. I've seen where things like almost accidentally fall into place. That's happened to me a couple times where I'll write this character. Uh, okay, why? You know, like for example, all right? Okay, this guy he. I don't know. He 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 gets away with a crime. Okay. Oh wait, hold on a second. How how am I gonna write? How's he gonna get away with this crime? Right, because I created uh, a corrupt officer, a corrupt police detective that is going to help him get away with the crime. Wow, how do I do it? You know, it, not that I'm always like that. You know, sometimes most of it is is like, oh wait, hold on, I can't write that character. He's dead. I have to go. <laughs> 
create a whole new character. <laughs> right. So, so do you have any, what plans do you have for future books? Do you have any future books you've got planned? Um, I plan to keep writing until I'm 107. <laughs> that sounds perfect. I was, that, that's one of my life goals. I, I want to see the year 2100. So however many books I write until then, you know, that many plus maybe 10 or 20, I didn't get a chance to write. Um, I'm actually working on my sixth book right now, which is, so when I wrote like the Ballad of Johnny Carlo, I wanted to do a standalone, but I created so many, again, on accident, I created so many amazing characters. I said, okay, I want to give these people like their own stories eventually. So kind of like Sin City. Have you ever, have you ever seen Sin City where... I might have a long time ago. That's an old movie. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, so like it'll follow one character and then he'll go to like a bar and he'll meet another character and say, "Hey, how you doing?" And then like later on, there's a story about that character he met at the bar, and it's his own story. Um, kind of like interlinked though. I, I've <laughs> I've been fascinated with that, and I want to do it with Ballad Johnny Carlo. So I'm doing that with my sixth book right now. I'd tell you the title, but it's a temp title right now. Like. I had a good idea for it, and then I told a friend of mine, he's like, no, it's horrible. And I said, you're right, it is horrible. And Plus, he's my editor, so I have to kind of uh, take his, his, take his, his word, word for it. Yes. So you're working on more mafia stuff right now, then? Yes. Um, this one is definitely more uh, mafia-dominated. The Battle of Johnny Carlo, they had a strong presence mm-hmm. with, with uh, this new book... I almost said the title, which would confuse people because it won't be the same title. Uh, it's definitely, definitely more inclusive. Um, in it, you'll see a lot of changes that the mafia is going through. That that was one of the big themes in the Battle of Johnny Carlo was the mafia changing. In this one, you're really going to see more of how it's evolving in in a in a fantastical way, not in um, like right now. They break a lot of rules that that you even today you don't see. Okay, that sounds very fascinating, and I can tell you, coming up with titles has got to be the worst. I can never come up with a good one, and then after I publish, I'm like, oh, why did I come up with that? I gotta re- I gotta change that title, Definitely. and then I. I, I have um, with one book. I've completely just removed it, put a new cover on it, changed the title, everything, and then republished it again because I hated the title that much. Do you have you ever come across that, or has your editor just been like nix that completely and just hasn't let you put yourself in that spot? Um, Ice Rising took me forever to come up with a title. Uh, I try to get very poetic, like um, because. The city that he lives in is called El Paraiso, which is Spanish for paradise. So mm-hmm. I wanted to go, but unfortunately, John Milton took Paradise Lost, so I couldn't go with that. So if it, it wasn't going to be Paradise's Lost Son. And then somebody said, no, that's too close to Milton. I said, you're right. Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, Ice Rising. How's that sound? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. I got some people that said yes. Not that I need other people always to say yes, but I thought it was really cool. So mm-hmm. I want that. Like at the end of the day, I do have the final say. So, um, Battle of Johnny Carlo was a little quicker. You know, I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Battle of Johnny Carlo, huh? That's that could work. 
It's like it's like that. It's like that episode in Roseanne where 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 the son comes up with the name of the uh, of of the restaurant called the lunchbox, and everybody's just kind of. That's a fantastic idea. Let's go with that. Simple to the point and catchy. Everybody's going to remember it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it can be the hardest thing. Again, that'll, that'll probably be my hardest task with this next book. And it's it's very frustrating because I can't actually say the title because it's going to change. So is it still going to be based on Johnny Carlo or a side character? Johnny Carlo is called the Ballad of whatever side character it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, Johnny <laughs> Carlo will have a dominant role in there. He's not the protagonist, but he is one of the main characters. Um, just I wanted to put him like seven years before the events about Johnny Carlo. Seven years, give or take. He's a little younger, a little newer. Um, I wanted to start his build his relationships with certain characters, but actually, it's the book is about. A different mafia family, aside from uh, what Johnny, who Johnny works for. So in the Battle of Johnny Carlo, it's mentioned that they that his family was in a war with a different family. Okay. And the book is going to be about that family and the events that lead up to the war and whatnot. It's probably going to be my longest book. So I'm almost 300 pages in, and I still have a lot more to go. I can tell you, you you used to be more of a reader than a writer because writers tend to go by word count. <laughs> yes, uh, um, I'm learning that right now. It's about 75,000, <laughs> 76,000 words so far. Uh, Bella Johnny Carlo was about 139,000. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, this one may be about maybe 150. Might have to split that into a two-parter. I've thought of that. Um very pot yeah that's that could be a very good idea you know it's there's still so much that has to go down you're right it may i would be i'd be lying if i said that thought hasn't crossed my mind before (laughs) so where can we find your books so all my books are available on amazon um there's ice rising ice box ice rain the battle johnny carl and lifestar corners all of them on amazon at, for Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, and paperback. Uh, Ballad Johnny Carlo also has a hardcover version to it. Oh, and very or, nice. or people can go to my website, uh, jamesmichaelsbooks.com, and they go there. You know, all my books are listed there. You click on them, and it'll hyperlink you to the description and where you can purchase them. Okay. And, uh, and where can readers find you? Like your social media? Is there a newsletter they could sign up for? Perfect. So I do have a newsletter on my website, jamesmichaelsbooks.com again. Um, I'm also available on Facebook at James the Real Mike, my Twitter at James Real Mike, TikTok at James Real Mike, Instagram at James E. Michaels, and I'm also on YouTube as James Michaels Books. Okay. And I just wanted to make it clear for, for uh, listeners here that Michaels is spelled M-I-C-H-E-L-S. Not the traditional way that we tend to typically see it. So just to make it easier for them to find you. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) You're welcome. And thank you for joining me today on the podcast. It has been a pleasure meeting you and and talking with you. Learning about your journey as a writer. (laughs) 
great and have a great day. Happy New Year. And yeah, thank you for being the first guest of the new year. Happy New Year. It was a pleasure. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's deal with the